So and now your be- problems are your problems are going to go from like I don't have money to eat to now your problems are going to be do I get the steak or do I get the lobster? Damn <laughs> my life. <laughs> Recording in progress. She just said it. She just said it. Welcome to the Matt on Matt podcast, everybody. It's a great week. It's a big week. Um, it's a big week in our lives. It's a. This is everybody's. Everything's changing for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a major I'm way, pumped, man. I'm very excited. Just signed my contract. Going to be teaching middle school theater down in Athens, Texas. I'm incredibly, incredibly happy. Um, also very nervous. This was the sort of the the load and the shoot that we had ready to go that I didn't want to talk about. I received the offer a couple of weeks ago, and then finally everything came together today around 3 o'clock. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Um, shit's going good. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so excited. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a big deal for me. Yes, that's absolutely. It's hard. It's, it's been. I don't know. I felt so lost for so long, and to finally have um, a goal that I worked towards and um, invested in all on my own. It's um, it's very humbling to kind of get get to this point. And I'm really, I mean, I, I know it sound, I got a frog in my throat. What the fuck? Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm very happy. I, I couldn't, I don't know if I look happy, but I, but I, but I am very happy. I'm, I, I, I just, I'm kind of at a loss for words and also kind of like the whole, the whole process is very odd because it's all done electronically now. So I don't know. It's still hard to believe. <laughs> I still feel like something is they're going to like, we found out you're a bad person or so. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I'm plagued with guilt for existing and, uh, <laughs> and uh, low self-esteem that I've had that I still struggle with. And, um, you know, imposter syndrome, all that really fun stuff. Uh, so it's oh, yeah. still, uh, but I keep I've read it over and over. It says once this contract is signed, I'm and I'm part of the team. It's going to be an incredibly tough year. Um I keep having to kind of remind myself of that. But uh man, I'm excited. Good. And it, you're not an imposter. You're a goddamn theater professional. You are a an educated and trained and experienced theater professional and you're going to pass that knowledge on to the younger generation you're not an imposter you deserve it you belong right. there motherfucker thank you <laughs> you're welcome I lost you you cut out for a second but i got that last part so thank you so much yeah yeah you're trained you got this but um 
I just, you sign in your contract. Mm-hmm. I just finished up at my previous job, which now I'll say on the podcast because I no longer sure. work there. <laughs> Havelina Tex-Mex, which probably <laughs> everybody knows that already. Right. But um, I finished up there on Saturday night and then followed it up with a, a booze-a-thon that lasted until 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we went up the 82nd and 3rd, this place called Dylan Murphy's, the owner as a regular at Havelina, I didn't know that until I got to Dylan Murphy's to meet up with some other people. And he uh-huh. saw me and I saw him and he was just like, what's going on? I was like, I just finished up my last night at Havelina. I'm going to be a, <laughs> a restaurant general manager at the airport. And he was like, holy shit, shots on the house. And nice. Oh, brother. It was a, uh, it was a good night. It was a good night. Fucking when but you start I there going to be a general manager over the high-end concepts and the new terminal at LaGuardia. Dope. Dope. <clears throat> Salary, benefits, the whole nine. Yeah, this is my first job with benefits, at, like, I think, ever. I technically could have gotten benefits when I worked at Nordstrom as a busboy, but I did not make enough money to, like, use them. <laughs> really? <laughs> um Plus, so we were also really... at an age where we could still be on our parents' insurance at that time. Right. Like, I, it was just kind of like, and there was like a 401k matching program that now I regret not using. But also, at the same time, I needed all the money that I was making. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> there was not a lot of extra income to worry about retirement right. <laughs> when we were 22. Right. I was pretty, pretty broke. <laughs> um, this is so like I'm so fucking pumped to like have a goal and then just achieve it. I mean, I feel like I haven't done that since I was I don't know when. <laughs> Maybe like since you graduated college or something. Maybe a little more recently than that. I mean, but I didn't mean that it, in a negative way. I was just... Yeah, but like because it's not like I had no success whenever I was, you know living in new york and acting i definitely i mean i was in the new york times like 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 i fucking did it but it also um never really felt like it let was leading anywhere and um certainly didn't provide me any fucking health insurance or barely even rent most of the time so like this is a huge deal for me to actually, I mean, it's again, this is a teacher's salary and it's kind of out in the boonies, so it's not a high teacher salary, but to have a salaried position is just crazy to me. I can't believe it. It's just, I can't, it's going to be so weird. <laughs> it is. It's going to be strange at first. It's going to take some getting used to. I I think that I have a low level PTSD from hus from like doing the creative hustle for so long this level of stability i i, I just can't imagine it i don't even know what my life's going to be like and it's going to change so rapidly like within the next 6 weeks my yeah. life is going to be completely different yeah i can tell you a few things a few things that are going to change some stuff's going to get easier yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna find a whole new host of problems. 
Oh, I know. I know. That's the thing. This year, this is not going to be easy. Like, like, and I'm not, and I'm not done just because I signed the contract. Like, like it's not over. And I know that. And I know that I'm going to be really frustrated a lot of the time and I'm going to, it's going to be a struggle, but I also like after years of figuring out different medications and kind of, as well as just, I don't know, training, all that, all that stuff. And, and working in, you know, as a substitute, as I was doing in Garland this last semester, all of that has just kind of led me to a point where I feel like I'm, I'm ready for the, for the trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm ready for the, for the challenge. And also this is a pretty cush gig given that uh, it's a four day work week. They're only in class four days a week. So I'm going to have plenty of time to do, to get work done outside of the classroom. Yeah. I'm excited. I just, I can't wait. I can't wait it's gonna be to awesome. get started. Are you going to move down there? Gonna be, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Okay. Okay. I'm going down there to find an apartment tomorrow uh, with Donna. Um, nice. And living in the boonies is going to be a change, but I'll only be an hour away from my parents' house. So it's yeah. not that, it's not that far out. Like it's not that big of a deal. Um, and again, I'll have three day weekends all year long, all year long. So and now your be- problems are, your problems are going to go from like, I don't have money to eat to now your problems are going to be, do I get the steak or do I get the lobster? Damn my <laughs> life. With my the hell salary. with my soulless <laughs> existence. <laughs> <laughs> this bullshit one thing i'm really nervous about is picking out a play to do um so i gotta figure that out and also yeah, i gotta they also gotta take classroom. into consideration their kids yeah i know well i know like and like i i definitely i mean i've had uh i've had like the weirdest in terms of like a, a kid from sunnyvale texas um that never really expected to do much. Uh, I, I, I feel like I have a pretty, f- f- like pretty, pretty strange performance resume. <laughs> um, I will go ahead and agree with you on that. It's pretty much um, like been some, all, all over the place. Some, yeah. <laughs> as a, as an actor who tends to work more in what, in like things that are like more of a commercial style of theater, and yeah. you and your personality, you fit more into the experimental side. Well, so well that's where I got sh- work. Yeah, that's I mean, what that I, just- I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just mean like <laughs> that's just kind of like I te- I don't know. Maybe it's a look thing. Maybe it's I don't know what it is. But I've always kind of been like in that that lane of stuff that's like more traditional in a sense, and you were sure. in more experimental stuff. And so, yeah, I've seen you do some stuff that uh, <laughs> it's was like, something well, or another, but like, like good I, shit, but like out it, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you haven't even seen all of it. Like you haven't, <laughs> like you haven't even seen like, like the like I was in this this one piece this play I don't know called the Total People <laughs> that I um, that I 
performed with like 50 people at the French consulate in New York City uh, at the top floor of the French consulate where I just did hand dancing and I sang a Rihanna song. <laughs> and I got paid to do that. I went to rehearsals. Yeah. I went to rehearsals. I, you know, there was cast, there was a cast party. That <laughs> like, uh, and then uh, like people are always like, like I give these tours of downtown Dallas now. People go, have you done tour work before? It's like, well, the only time I've ever done a tour guide thing was for a performance art piece produced by David Byrne where we did a neurological experiments on people while challenging their uh, perception of reality versus their their lived emotional experience and whether or not those can be manipulated in a physical way with the chemicals in our brain or the blood throwing, flowing through our heart. And people just kind of look at, they just immediately blank stare. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then I pop in and say, you guys want to hear about the time I was in the importance of being earnest? <laughs> um, just completely different <laughs> yeah well yeah this is all stuff i did outside of school but like like i still had fairly traditional training but um uh <laughs> it's just yeah. it'll be wild to see what we what happens um uh, i'm like really excited one thing that i i am excited that it's just kids one thing, and another thing that whenever I pulled up to the school last week to just go look at my space, uh, I it, I just remembered like this was the age that I started doing theater. Yeah, this is the age that I started like outside of like school. Like I would, like, I started doing theater at Garland Civic Theater, with their children on stage program, and I think the first play I was in was Stuart Little. I played his older brother nice. and uh, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old. I quit my hockey team to be in the play. Cause I couldn't be in the hockey team and on the football team and in the play. And I remember telling my hockey coach, I was just like, I, I think I was just like, I, I'm not very good at hockey and I've been playing for five years and I have only been doing this. I mean, I've never really done it, but I've, I've already discovered that I have a talent for it and I love it. And I think I'm going to be doing it for most of my life, if not the rest of my life. And my hockey coach was just like, well, you're not letting me down, man. Go do your thing. <laughs> like, thanks for. He, well, yeah, he, he just said thanks for talking to me about it and not just fucking off and go do your thing. And the whole cop, the whole hockey team showed up to my opening night and it was. That's fucking rad. It was just so, it was so great. It was, it was really, really, really great. And also that year, my football team won our championship, like our district championship. It was just like, I like all these memories just started like flooding back whenever I pulled up to the middle school. And it was just like, oh man, this is going to be, this could be really great for somebody. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope I like, I like, I don't know. I do have mixed feelings about encouraging kids to pursue theater um, <laughs> uh, at like on a professional scale and especially in an academic, like beyond high school. I do have mixed feelings about like telling people to major in theater. Um, but uh, nonetheless, 
this is the this is going to be a really good age group i think obviously middle school is like pretty unpredictable the yeah. kids can be pretty unpredictable at that age but uh but but i got a chance to teach middle school theater this year for like half a month and killed it and really in, and learned a lot and was able to run the classrooms pretty successfully like i like like with like 12 year olds matt i got through 30 pages of cold reads one day oh shit yeah <laughs> like come on that's pretty good right <laughs> oh yeah that's fucking great Are you kidding me dude i probably couldn't spend five fucking minutes in a room with 12 year olds i'd be like y'all you motherfuckers get out yeah. of my face it, like and this was i had probably 20 kids in my class with me and then i had another 15 kids online on google and everybody's like like some of the kids are reading online uh to the to the you know the in-person students like like it i don't know i just keep having to remind myself that i can do this because i have done it yeah you can do this ain't no fucking yeah you're gonna be I'm fine. so excited I'm so nervous. You're going to be good. And so happy. That's good. Ugh. You should be all of those things. If you weren't nervous, I'd be concerned because it's a whole yeah. fucking new job. It's a whole new career. But, you know, you're going to be good, dude. It's going to be fucking awesome. And then you're you're not going to be fucking deathly poor anymore. You're going to yeah. be fucking you're going to be fucking uh, able to do things. Yeah, I'll be able to like not rely on charity from my parents or friend or parents friends you know i don't know <laughs> yeah. I, i'm just i'm like uh, I, i'm so grateful and thanks to everyone that made it possible you uh, uh were an excellent reference to me abby browdy was an excellent reference to me i'm gonna cry don't uh, cry. beth steerman <laughs> oh just like I want to say thank you to you three really specifically uh, and everyone else, you know, Rick Burkhart, um, uh, I'm blank, the Hillbins, um, who else? Uh, I don't know. Everybody in my life, my parents, obviously, Donna and Scott. Um, rewarded me for my efforts with a, a gorgeous surprise in the mail the other day. <laughs> oh, this fucking... <laughs> absolutely beautiful whiskey decanter with two dope whiskey glasses uh and i got a full of i got a full of bourbon right now baby <laughs> and actually hilariously enough because that you know, obviously your gift was a surprise that same day and that same load of fucking packages that i brought up from the package room also had delivered collapsible funnels so it just kind of went hand in hand in a hilariously serendipitous kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Oh, fucking great, dude. I'm fucking happy for you. I'm proud of you. You fucking step one done. Yes. Now let's roll. Let's fucking roll. Now, it's, now I just got to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to do it and you're going to be great. And we're going to fucking, you're going to rule that shit. And you're going to... Once I get an apartment, I can really relax. Not re really relax, but like I can really focus. And, yeah. um, but also, you know, take a week that I can actually enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been, you know, I haven't been working ever since school got out this 
uh, summer just because I haven't really felt well. That's actually not true. I have been working. I, I work at the ghost tour thing, but uh, yeah, but that like hardly feels like work. Um, I haven't been working in a serious way since school got out, uh, and I've just been feeling so like, like, uh, like just just like the I don't know, you know the feeling, the the uneasy feeling of not having every all your boxes checked, and I'm really excited to get. Uh, the living situation, the living situation box checked because then I can just focus on how I'm going to decorate my room, my lesson plan or my, my general overview for the semesters and then uh, uh, outline what lesson plans I need to write out and when and, you know, the play that I got to pick and um, yeah, I'll say this too. Crazy. I'll say this it is a good piece of advice I can give you when you're looking for the apartment and everything, I'm not saying she's gonna, but I'm also saying she's gonna let Donna pay for that furniture. <laughs> <Jeez>. Look, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that but on the pod, but I know. I'm just, joking, dude. I'm just fucking with you, man. <laughs> she did buy, she did buy me a bed frame and some bedding for my birthday. Nice. So nice, and I'm gonna very nice. steal uh, my old mattress from their house. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think very you know nice. we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, That's uh, interesting. So, I've got a history in Athens, Texas. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, the, you, um, you used to go to theater camp there, right? I did. So the gentleman who was he was the head of he had a great great little program at Trinity Valley Community College. Um, he kind of, I guess he politicked his way out of the upper echelon of high school theater directors. So he started doing uh, community junior college theater and he actually took a, a junior college, a community college play all the way to ACTF nationals. I mean, Pal Lestraco, phenomenal director, phenomenal acting coach, um, would hold his high, his theater camp for high school kids. Cause he was like the leading like clinician and UIL one act play judge in the state. Mm -hmm. So he uh, would have his theater camp there for high school students. So I spent three summers in Athens, Texas. Yeah. Wow. And I just, I remember it being a cool little town. I remember, uh, obviously this is years ago. This is like, yeah. Oh, four Oh five. You know what I mean? Sure. I remember it being a cool little town with a nice little town square and a coffee shop and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. It's it it reminds me a lot of you know just any old little old Texas town like Fredericksburg or uh, San Marcos even a little bit, just in terms of like having a Denton. Yeah, uh, I think it's closer to Tyler than it is to Dallas. Um, it's out in the Piney Woods. Um, yeah, actually, the theater camp was called Theater in the Pines. <laughs> yeah. It's real red, so I'm going to have to keep my head down. <laughs> Last time I want to mention that. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but it's going to be it's going to be fun. One thing I don't know if I need to do now, I think I still going to keep it this way. I'm still going to keep my social media pretty locked down. I think it's a good idea. I think it's just a good idea. Yeah, you're right? a teacher now. I it's think like, it's a good idea. You don't want them to discover that shit. Because I've yeah. said horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> I said horrible, horrible things. <laughs> 
like texting Ted Cruz what color underwear are you wearing? <laughs> hey, that's outstanding. If they got a problem with that, they can eat it. They can eat it, or, brother. Or calling him a human pile of cockroach dung. <laughs> <laughs> Old turd Cruz out here. <laughs> Ending up on CNN. That was that was a wake up call. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, everybody can see this. <laughs> like, oh, what? <laughs> People can just grab the, these and put them on television without asking. <laughs> You're a member of the public domain, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that pit, that feeling in my stomach was not fun when Leslie Mungie texted me. Did I just see you on CNN? It's like, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> In what context? Oh, God, that's fucking great. <sighs> and here we are. Yeah. Here we are, both on the verge of a new life. It's like Uncle Vanya. Mm-hmm. All I want is a new life. Yes, Uncle Vanya, that shit slaps so hard. Slap so fucking hard. Uh, I just made got a subscription. What if I made all these little kids do check off and just ruin their life? <laughs> Dude, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> I just bought a subscription to fucking uh, this thing called Broadway HD. It has a bunch of uh, on-demand plays and shit. That, oh, like, cool. RSC and Broadway and all kinds of shit. And they have a whole checkoff section, and I was like drooling, scrolling through it. I was ready. To Send fuck. me that info. I want that. I want to do yeah. that. Absolutely. That sounds. They got awesome. every Shakespeare. They've got one production of every. I think almost every Shakespeare play by RSC by the RSC. Huh. Yeah. It's all, it could be a great resource for ideas and shit for you, too. That's what I mean. Yeah. As well as just being fun because we're nerds. Right. Right. That's what I really <laughs> want it for is just like, I want to be able to pull clips and stuff. Okay. It's called be Broadway like, HD. I'll text that to you later. But, dude, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. There's so much good shit on it. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped. S- speaking of Broadway HD, uh, you and I both, uh, I don't think this is going to be recommendies because I want to talk about it critically, but mostly going to say nice nice things you and i both saw in the heights yes what did you what do i mean i told us i said to hold off i mean i think we both generally loved it right yeah i loved it i mean i was as i love that show and i'm a huge mark for lin-manuel miranda um sure i still feel like the other shoe's gonna drop one day he's kind of way too squeaky clean like, I don't oh, something's going to come out about him that's going to make everybody go, oh, my God, I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> um, but well, he's a dick. I know that he is an asshole. He's a he dick. Is. Like, I like just uh, that's just what I have heard. And that's very much how he kind of presents himself. Um, yeah. I mean, he does present himself also as the squeaky, clean, clean nice theater nerd. But. If you follow him on Twitter, he's also a dick. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has no problem calling motherfuckers out. No. And, and talking some, shit. Sometimes to a point where it's like, hey, why don't you fucking relax a little bit? But <laughs> like, I, like we talked about it on the pod about how he used to just get mad at people taking pictures while he was 
uh, performing Hamilton. And it's like, hey, man, those tickets cost $3,000. Go fuck yourself. I'm taking a picture of the set. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, fuck off. I'm taking a picture <laughs> of you while you perform. This was like I've spent I've bought I, I, I essentially bought a used car to get here. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that taking is a, a picture. Great way of putting it. You bought a used car to see a musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, like we're 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 taking pictures. Like, get over it. <laughs> Stop tweeting about this. Stop complaining about it. Stop acting like it's weird or inappropriate. Like, yeah. Come on. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, but I am generally a very big fan of Lin Manuel. He definitely yes. has a way about him. He creates fantastic pieces of work and fantastic songs. Um, yeah. one of my all-time favorite musical theater songs, and like my top three for me is Breathe sure. from In the Heights. Yeah, I wept. It was amazing the movie last night. Yeah, I mean, tears flowing yeah. because that song is I think it is an all-time great musical theater song, and they did mm -hmm. it so fucking well in the movie. And I Dude. was so nervous going uh -huh. into this movie. Oh, me too. A huge problem that I see with musicals adapted to movies is they never can capture the energy that exists in live theater. Right. But God damn it. They figured it the fuck out. They for did this it. Movie because they did it. it was so lit. It, like it was <laughs> like John Chu is a visionary man. Yeah. And I, for, I forget the name of the woman that, that wrote the screenplay. Uh, here, pull it up real quick. Um, uh, but like, man, this, I mean, it might be, uh, it might be the goat in terms of musical, like movies, adaptations. Yeah. adaptations. Like, like what is a better one? I am having a hard time. I've been Greece? racking my brain. Like, like dope, but like, I mean, what I'm saying is like the only other one that I think is even near that level is Greece. Because yeah. Greece, I think Greece as a movie is great. I, yeah. I honestly, I think the movie is better than any staged version I've ever seen. Agreed, totally uh, agree on that. The like, like, like. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, like, and but also Greece is so cliche and so like, it's Greece. Everybody like, it's like a joke like now, but but it is legit. Like that movie is fucking great, and mm -hmm. it's the only one that I can even sort of like think of right now that's even close to being on par with what they did with uh in the heights just in terms of yeah. the size of the production uh, uh from my understanding uh the last five years movie was pretty good but i didn't see it i so i can't really speak it was on good it. it was good you um, saw it yeah i liked it you know and uh -huh. anna kendrick's a hell of a talent dude sure yeah like, she's just really good uh -huh. and that movie was good um but what I'll say, like, uh, uh, my biggest fear also when they do movie, anything to do with New York. Uh -huh. If it's not shot in New York, you can feel it from a mile away. Oh, yeah. Rent, the Rent movie, Holy shot yeah. in San Francisco, and it doesn't <laughs> feel like New York. Right, right. This was all shot in Washington Heights. Right. I remember. And you can feel the energy, like, pulsating out of the fucking screen sure it but i also liked how um 
like I love how honest it was in terms of its shot shot production. Like like they didn't like take down scaffolding, you know. They yeah. like 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 there's scaffolding all over the streets. There the you see how dirty the bricks are. Like you see like it's not touched up well. Like it's it looks like that they just kind of like and I'm talking about just sort of establishing uh set piece shots like here we are here's here's the building we're in now we're going to go into the room here's a shot of the building that we're in before we go into the room of the building you know or the apartment in the building um it was just so like brutally like honest in terms of what new york actually looks like and um it's so rare like you said it's just so rare to, to actually capture in films and man they just they did it. I remember my buddy Nick Tanner, who I went to uh, junior high with, elementary and junior high with. He lived in New York. He actually ended up becoming an actor. He, I don't remember him being an actor whenever I knew him, or a theater kid when I knew him. But he he, he became one. And uh, he like toured with like a Three Musketeers show. And he's a he's a dude. Uh, he's back in Dallas. Uh, but um, he's a dude. And he lived in Washington Heights when they were filming it. And I remember him like filming them filming watching uh, in the heights from his kitchen yeah. window you know that courtyard scene where they're all hot and they're uh, oh, like yeah. the power's gone out that's his building no shit or, yeah that was his building where he that's lived and, and awesome. I, like if you go look on his instagram and scroll back to three two or three years ago whenever they were filming this he you'll see them like dancing around and doing their doing their thing and he's just like i think they're filming in the heights here <laughs> dude i loved us, they won't let me into my courtyard <laughs> so many cool things um they did the like multiple times throughout the movie they do these little like pop-in animations that i thought mm-hmm. were really fun mm-hmm. um and then like the piece of business between lin manuel is in the movie as the uh shaved ice mm-hmm. man and mm-hmm. Chris Jackson, who is the original Benny and George Washington, mm-hmm. is his competitor, Mr. Softy yes. truck driver. And they have <laughs> such a great, funny piece of business together that as a theater nerd, I was just like, look, it's Chris and Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> <making movies."> like, <laughs> it's definitely like a Lynn Manuel, like in the in the Lynn Manuel Miranda family production you see his dad is in it i'm pretty yes. sure his wife pops up at some point like like it's definitely and a lot of the obviously a lot of the hamilton cast is in it anthony ramos is the lead who and he's, he's just he is just if guys we have to make him a superstar you have to go see this movie and you have to go see anything else that he's in he's a superstar yeah he's, he's a superstar He's like he's like it like like uh if if John Leguizamo was John the Baptist, this dude is Jesus Christ. Like he is <laughs> like 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 he is he is it. Like like it like that guy has so much charisma and such a good voice and like is so like I can't even like I I never saw the original. I've never seen it staged. Um so I I don't I, I and I went into this completely cold for the most part i'd heard a couple of songs before uh but uh, i went in not really knowing much about it other than it was lin-manuel's you know first masterpiece that he created um and i can't imagine lin in that role 
I can't imagine it. Because, because I, Ramos was so good. Like, yeah. like he was just so much that guy. Like he was yeah. that guy. I can't like it's hard to even imagine anyone else doing it, but you know that it was Lynn originally, like uh in it was Lynn and Javier. Right. And obviously he aged out. I mean, the reason why is because he aged out of the role. That's why yeah. he's not the role now. Um, yeah, you got to kind of remember that um, that was on Broadway 14 years ago. Right. He right. was 14 years younger when he was Ustavi. Right. right. And also he was 19 whenever he wrote it. Yes. Which is just fucking insane. I will yeah. say, uh, like I said, this isn't necessarily a recommends segment because I do want to talk about it critically. Boy, ba- Hamilton borrows a lot of melodies from this from this musical. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. I like, wasn't wow. aware that you weren't familiar with In the Heights music. No, because um, yeah. I've always like I when the first time I listened to Hamilton, I the way I put it is it's definitely a Lin Manuel show. Yes, he's got Lin tropes. has very signature things, and it's the same with fucking Moana, bro. Mm-hmm. There are okay. you can listen to something and say this is a Lin Manuel piece of work. <laughs> one one melody that shows or two melodies. I'll talk about the first one that was the most egregious or most obvious. Um was that that melody is all over Hamilton and all over in the heights. And then there's also like 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 is all over like uh the first one the and we surround the troops surround the troops surround, and then turns into ninety six thousand dollars six thousand ninety six thousand dollars yeah wow <laughs> like okay that's cool I guess you can just do that whenever you're a fucking genius <laughs> yeah well it's you know it's Lynn and we got to give the credit where it's due also Alex. musically Alex Lacamoire yeah. It's Lynn and Alex banging their heads together and right. they have a they have a signature style. Right. Which, which is, I mean, we were talking about this the other day about, you know, Green Day has a signature sound, Led Zeppelin is a signature sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Lynn's got a signature sound. Right. He's got a band, is what if it's kind of reminds me yeah. of he's got like <laughs> like you you know whenever you're hearing his work. Yeah. And Sondheim, I mean Sondheim's the same way. I guess they're all the same way. Oh yeah, sometimes in the same way, in the sense that his shit doesn't make any sense, and I don't mean that in a bad way because I love Sondheim. Uh-huh. But like Lynn is da 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 da, where Sondheim's like da 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 da. Like it's hard as shit. It's the hardest fucking thing I've ever tried to do in my life was any type of Sondheim song. Right. That shit. That shit sucks. <laughs> it's it's, it it's fantastic to, to it's watch. Fa- it's fantastic, but it sucks to do. <laughs> oh God, it's so hard. I remember I tried to do uh, the fucking um, my friends from Sweeney Todd when he re- when he yes. first gets to, gets his fucking blades back. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest song I've ever sang in my fucking life. <laughs> it's one of the simpler songs, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. I remember I did I did a theater a dinner theater version of Sweeney Todd, not Sondheim at all uh, in high school. Uh, we did it in this sort of Brechtian style, but I, I remember 
but there was singing involved with the version we were doing. Um, and I, I was like, and I had never sung by myself at least, uh, in front of anyone ever. I was a sophomore in high school and I had, I, I was super nervous about singing. Uh, I, I was essentially, it was just not, it was really just kind of crazy. And my mom's like, well, let's sign you up for some voice lessons to get you ready. And we tell the guy that I was going to be doing this with, like, well, yeah, we were casting in Sweeney Todd and uh, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you got cast in Sweeney Todd and you've never sung before. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Why? And he goes, we need to start tomorrow. And, and we were like, okay, we didn't really think anything of it. We were like, he seems really serious, but I guess that's a good thing. And we, sh- and we, I show up to my first lesson and he has the entire, like, like it's a folder this thick of every single part mapped out. And he is in like panic mode. Like you have to learn Sweeney Todd before you even get into rehearsals. And I was like, oh, we're not doing this version. We're just doing this. Like, like, we're not doing any of that. And he was just like, oh, thank God. And then he just taught me to sing Consider Yourself from Oliver. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, um, in the Heights. Anyway, back to where we were. Yeah. So fucking, it's just uh, it's incredible. And I love uh, I do you know what year it takes place? Because there's this blackout. And I feel like blackouts in New York are like points in history. There was a blackout in the 70s. There was a blackout in the 80s. No, in the 90s. And then there was a blackout um, after Sandy. I think it's a fictional blackout. I don't think okay. it is. I don't think it takes place on like a specific blackout because, like you said, those are very specific times in New York history. Right. Um, so I don't. I think it's a fictional, fictionalized blackout, and I'm pretty sure, just based on everything we saw, uh, in the Heights takes place of whatever year you're producing it. Right, because they all had iPhones and, and shit. Yeah, I think it's just it perfectly adapts into whatever time. I think 2000, you know, 2002 to 2007, which was its original lifespan, mm-hmm. the story of the block disappearing was much more was much more of a newer thing in the Heights then. Yeah, it's now just how it is. So right. I don't know. Not that that has changed. That's still very much a thing in the Heights, but it was very much the thing in the heights right the original lifespan of it right right i mean that was back when i think that was written when you could probably get an apartment there for like seven hundred dollars yeah (laughs) (laughs) sure like yeah okay that's that's happening like that's happening at all although i've seen some i've still in some of those facebook groups you can get a room for pretty cheap yep and parts of brooklyn at least I want to throw some love around to the rest of the cast as well. Sure, yeah, like, do it. Nobody, nobody was bad. Everybody nobody. was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get throw some extra love to Jimmy Smits, dude. Jimmy motherfucking Spitz. Smits. Bale Organa. Motherfucker. That dude was so amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm talking... I know it's only June. We still have half a year to go, 
Mm-hmm. But like I'm looking at that movie and I'm thinking like Anthony Ramos and Jimmy Smith's Academy Award nominees. They absolutely better be nominated. If they're not nominated, I'm going to go to California and start knocking on doors. Yeah. Like what like, the seriously, fuck? Like those two deserve at minimum an Academy Award nomination for their performances in if, that film. And John not, Chu should be nominated for best director. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't even know what's going to come out in Oscar season in October through December, but this deserves to be amongst them. hundred percent. I think everybody should be nominated for it. I mean, I mean, it's like we said, this is, this is like a moment in history, this movie, because you can, because you can study it and learn how to do it again. And so we might be entering an age where, we start getting really good musical adaptations for movies and then maybe even just like full on movie musicals that are completely original, which would be so like mind blowing and exciting. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm very nervous. Apparently uh, ticket sales were below expectations. Um, Obviously the film industry is, fucked right now uh movies yeah. are not making what they used to make um but not even a frat i mean i think they were planning on it doing like at least 20 mil and i think it only did 11 so Damn. only like a little bit more than half of what they wanted i think they bare minimum wanted 15 but like i said they got somewhere between 11 and 12 so i'm nervous about that um yeah because you know you got to vote with your dollars guys you got to go see this fucking movie because and so this move the success of this movie um there's a lot writing on the success of this movie i think in a whole an entire industry is writing on the success of this industry of this movie i agree Uh oh your sound just changed oh sorry How about now? Yeah, there you go. You're good. Okay. Sorry, my mic came unplugged. It's all good. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Um, the success of a of a genre depends on this. Right. And I, mean, I will imagine- say this to anybody who's thinking, oh, I'll just watch it on Disney Plus. This is such a vibrant and full of life piece of cinema that it mm-hmm. it belongs on the big screen. Right. You saw it right. I saw it IMAX. And also, oh, it's on HBO nice. Max, not not Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, my whatever. Bad. Uh, no, no, but no, no, no. doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I saw it IMAX, like like in the middle, <laughs> full Hell yeah. full fucking experience. Um, same and theater. It deserves I saw. to be heard. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Same theater. I thought I saw Godzilla versus King Kong in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it's music that deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm, on, on a great system, big system. Mm-hmm. God, it's so good. It's yeah. so fucking good. Everyone and in it is just a, a fucking star. Yeah, and you're not like a huge musical guy. No, you appreciate a good musical, but it's not something you like go out of your way for. No, never, and I never have. I was in musicals in school, and uh, because I like had to be. 
um, <laughs> or it was just like what was what was being done. But and you know, I mean, I guess Ubu sings Ubu was kind of a musical, but that was a jukebox musical. It wasn't like, and we weren't doing musical theater like, like we were playing it, rock that songs. was its own thing that we were playing that rock exists songs. in its own thing yeah <laughs> uh like we technically were a musical but not really um not like this and um yeah i just i fucking can't believe how good this was mm-hmm. it's so good one thing that i've really enjoyed is that uh lin-manuel miranda has not been all over the fucking media for this one <laughs> like i said y'all he's a dick <laughs> that, that curb your enthusiasm episode was definitely based in some truth <laughs> you remember that right oh yeah and he just played the most like piece of shit person that ever existed <laughs> he had that desk that was elevated above everybody because yeah. he's tiny <laughs> <laughs> He's just a little guy. <laughs> oh, He's got to get. He's got to get status. Um, man, like this is. Uh, I'm so happy. I'm just so happy that that happened. <laughs> Same. It's been something and that now, really just brought so much joy to me. I love it. And I'm glad that that came out um, before Dear Evan Hansen. Because, bro, uh, from what I've seen from the previews, dear Evan Hansen's going to suck dick. How do you do, my fellow kids? <laughs> Here I am with this really weird hairdo that makes no sense. And wasn't even in the original fucking play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not what not. I looked like in the play. Uh, no. But I guess this wig uh, doesn't make me look 32 years old. <laughs> Even though there's nothing that's nothing stopping me from doing that, I definitely look like I'm 32 years old talking to hanging out with all these high school kids that look like they're about 21 years old. <laughs> Dude, I saw that original Broadway cast with Ben Platt on Broadway, mm-hmm. and as a Broadway show, as a piece of Pretty theater, amazing. it was phenomenal. Right. Loved it, and Ben it's Platt a good show. was stellar. I do not have a lot of high hopes around the movie coming out. So I am very, very glad that In the Heights leads the charge on Broadway adaptations because, yes. brother, they right. they nailed it. They nailed it. They just nailed it. And I'm just so excited to see what happens after this. But you got to go see it in theater, guys. You have to go see yes. it in theaters. That's the only way we're going to have a future with movies like this and it's the really just the best way to consume it. So do it. Go see in the Heights. Maybe it is a recommendsy. Is it a recommendsy? I think it is. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it's a recommendsy. Um what are what are some criticisms about it? I do want to think about it critically. I talked about the melody repetition with but who cares really? They um, changed a big piece um which, I mean, I guess I don't really have a huge issue with it, but they did make a big change from something that I enjoyed in the stage show was mm-hmm. um, they killed off, they killed Nina's mom for some reason. Okay. <laughs> so in the original show, Nina's mom and dad are in it, and Nina's mom kind of has Nina's side on it. Okay. And the dad is the other side of it. And so in the movie, they did away with the character mm-hmm. and i guess they did that maybe to in because nina has a relationship with abuela claudia 
-hmm. but I guess maybe they did that to kind of endear Nina more to Abuela Claudia to kind of build up Abuela Claudia as the emotional lightning rod of the film. Sure. Whatever reason they did, I, I I kind of missed the dynamic because it was a great dynamic of the, of the mother and father in the play. But Mm -hmm. uh, then again, it, I mean, it still works really well in the movie. It's just Mm -hmm. one of those, it's just a theater nerd thing. I don't know. I know the original show way too well. (laughs) Look, we established before I'm speaking from a point of ignorance. So get your salt out. Uh, but I, I to was take, just saying. But um, I have heard a criticism. I guess I guess I think it was Nina's dad that I read this about. In the in the original play, he's much more. Like I heard that his I've like I read that his character was described as anti-black. Not a big fan of like Nina's boyfriend, um, or something along those lines. And that they took that out. And some people have said that taking that out. Uh, kind of takes away like a like a like a mark of authenticity that the play that the play had uh, that that the, that was done very well in terms of like addressing you know issues within Caribbean Latino people uh, you know issues of racism that exist within those communities um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting point or or can you speak on that at all do or like do you do you remember I, that or or is that an element that that you think rings true, or I or am I completely wrong? Until you said it, so <laughs> am I completely wrong? Am I, like, is that or basically my question is, was that actually an element? Because uh, some, I mean, as happy as I am about like conversations about race that are happening, sometimes I do feel like uh, some stuff's not taken in good faith, and 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 some assumptions are made about characters or people or or people try to read to in between the lines uh and they think that like if a character criticizes do you know what i'm saying do, do, yeah am i, I, am, I am i making I, any I sense don't really god maybe i'm maybe it's been 14 years since i saw the play okay but i don't really remember that being a huge thing for me when i saw it maybe it was more of an implication Okay. Yeah. And maybe I, at that time in my life, took that implication to mean more along the lines of he's my employee and not he's a black boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, if that's what they're seeing and saying, that's what they're seeing and saying. Um, right. But it has been 14 years since I've seen the original. Right. And I've, but I've listened to the cast album 40 million times, but that obviously doesn't tell the whole story because sure. it's a cast album. Right. But, Sure. I don't know. I mean, it was just. It was, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, point to make. They. I mean. Uh. I, I still think that. It, I. I understand why they would take that out in terms of wanting to make a movie. Uh, I actually heard. I caught a little bit of the the tail end of Anthony Ramos on Fresh Air today, and uh, with Terry Gross, the original no. podcaster. Um. <laughs> and she. Fine. She. Yeah. She. Uh, and and he he was talking about how with this movie they really they wanted they they wanted to get away from negative stories about the ghetto essentially or or you know the hood or blocks or you know what I'm saying like they like those stories have been told and so that's why this is such a like almost to a cartoonish degree like 
such a positive sort of celebration and event um, uh, within the movie. So I understand why they would make that point. But the, the criticism that I read was, I just thought that was interesting about how like dealing with those problems and that those, because I mean, we've, we've seen it working yeah. in the restaurant industry. I've seen like, like Latinos and black people, the conversations that they have together about race are crazy uncomfortable because yes. they don't hold back on each other at all. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll say this, maybe That's thinking of in my experience. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been there. I grew up in a town that was extremely diverse, like almost equal thirds yeah. between black, Latino and white. And I've been mm -hmm. in those football locker rooms and right. shit like that. Right. It's, Yes, and it, it's very it much a tense. real thing. And then you're kind of like the white guy, like standing on the wall, just kind of like, "Can we change the subject, please? <laughs> Can we just go to practice?" Um, <laughs> like what? Like what? Sorry, why, why are we got it? Why are we? There's. Like, can we be nice? I'm thinking of it from an artistic perspective of maybe why that element's not in there. I think it also would speak to today's culture. If a character is painted of having a, a racial racially motivated negative thoughts mm -hmm. then you can't give that character any redeeming qualities yeah so giving him that kind of arc immediately would take away anything positive you could do about him in mm -hmm. today's culture mm -hmm. so i think taking that away from him is better for the character Okay, makes it a better story, even if it's less accurate to reality, right? Yes, because it's also you want to talk about accurate to reality, motherfucker. These people are singing in the streets, like right. it, the, the, uh, an entire <laughs> swimming pool full of people sing a song about somebody winning the lottery. Okay, it's a fucking <laughs> musical, guys. It's a goddamn motherfucking musical. Man, I never went to any of those public pools in New York. Have you ever done that? <laughs> No, that I shit never looks have. Gross. <laughs> no, I'm not a germaphobe, but no, you couldn't pay me to get get in that water. Can you imagine, the, oh. Matt? Matt, imagine getting into that water. It's hot. Oh. It's not cool. You don't cool off when you get in. You just you just get in. You're like, why is it hot? <laughs> <laughs> we know why it's hot <laughs> piss <laughs> everybody's piss that episode of always sunny when they have to go to the public pool and like d gets oh. glass in her foot and oh. kid steals her shoes like just <laughs> god <laughs> what is wrong with people Public pools, man. It's just I used to go to one when I was growing up, and then I stopped once I once I got to a certain age and I recognized what certain smells were. It was like, can we join a country club <laughs> 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 or a swimming club? We went, we, we we joined a swimming club. Ooh, look at you! Called the trails. It was nice. <laughs> Love it. But um, yeah. But anyway, honestly, it's a fucking musical. You yeah, know, like bust balls over authentic authenticism or, or whatever mm -hmm. and realism. You're gonna bust balls in a fucking musical, bro. Like, mm -hmm. okay, whatever. 
pick your whatever. Thoughts. I mean, I, I'm just talking about critical. I mean, I just like to have critical thought. Oh, I know. I understand. I, I'm not. Ta- I'm not bitching at you. I'm not even saying <laughs> this is my point of view. I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up, and it was, and it would be kind of, you know, I, I now I just want to see the the stage version. That's that's all it did. That's yeah. what it mainly did to me is I want to see the stage version to see how what what was left in, what was left, what was taken or and what was taken out, and yada yada yada. Yeah. Also, just to see it in, in its original raw form, because like we said, Lynn knows what he's doing with musical theater. I've seen uh-huh. Hamilton. That is Hamilton is like causes involuntary responses. Yes. I, Hamilton is one of those things that I can't believe it exists. No, I mean, it's just insane. Like, it's crazy. And it's also crazy to think about how it's like the its basis. He got a grant from Obama. To, to make it yeah and, and so like it's government propaganda one thousand <laughs> percent it's like, like it's it's not like like uh, i don't know it doesn't come from a pure like place you know what i mean not that anything mm-hmm. does but but in terms of like our our art artistic sort of integrity i th- i would definitely say that since it got a gun since it benefited so much from a government grant uh initially it's def- like that definitely like i don't trust the government you know what i mean <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like 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 even if it's obama i'm still just kind of like man you're just part like you're just like this is a a uh a, 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 a part in the machine but nevertheless hamilton even with those caveats is still just causes me to involuntarily weep whenever I saw it involuntarily, just like (laughs) my whole, like every, I look around, everyone's just like weeping. Like it's like, it's just crazy. (laughs) I can't, but like I said, I, I can't believe it exists. Yeah. I've seen theater of all shapes, sizes, and forms all over this world. And I went to the fucking Richard Rogers theater. And I sat there, I paid a shitload of money to do it. And mm-hmm. I watched that show and I couldn't believe it exists. It's, it's crazy. And like <laughs> I said, it's just, it's, you know, definitely partially government propaganda, but it's still so emotional and so true. And so like human in, and, he does such an like he uses all different types of theater within its production like like the the choreography in Hamilton is just like mm. so experimental and odd and it doesn't make sense until the very end of the or until the climax of the play it's not the end of the play but it's the climax of the play whenever like yeah. all those movements that they've been doing the whole time are all brought together whenever his life flashes before his eyes right before a bullet does um yeah it like it, it's just god like it's it, this guy i don't know this fucking guy lin-manuel shout out <laughs> lin-manuel shout out to him and his fucking crew man team. his, his, his team. creative team of andy Blankenbuehler, who's the choreographer alex lackamore the music director tommy mm-hmm. kale who's the stage director obviously john chu directed the film of in the mm-hmm. heights um and I can't remember the names of his scenic and costume designers off the top of my head, but hey, damn, you knew way more than I did. So way to go. <laughs> he, uh, he surrounded himself with a family of fucking outstanding creatives 
and they bring his vision to life and his vision is outstanding he's good yeah the dude's good god <laughs> so go see in the heights y'all what else we got we're i have a don't at me bro this week i have what's that we're over an hour. You want to do don't at me, bro? I, I got one. I I got one. I got one. Drop the theme. Don't at me, bro. 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 Do not at me, bro. Oh, yeah. Do not at me, bro. Do not at me, bro. Don't do it. What is the point of 635? Can anyone tell me why it exists? Anyone in Dallas, in the DFW area, if you've ever lived in Dallas or, or in the suburbs of Dallas, can anyone tell me what 635 is actually for? I mean, I know it's a highway. I know that, like, I use it to go to and from places. But most of the time when I'm on it, I'm fucking parked. <laughs> and, and I know that I'm yelling about traffic right now. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But I was just like in the process of getting all of this, uh, uh, all of this fucking uh, paperwork done for this job. I suddenly realized I didn't have my social security card with me. Uh, and I and then I, I call my dad saying, can you go find it? And of course, he couldn't fucking find it. And so it's like, well, I know exactly where it is, even though I told him. And uh, and so I, I, I'm i like, oh, it's before rush hour. It's 3.30. I'll just take off. And I am just on that highway just for an hour, just going one way, just sitting there, listening to Terry Gross, talk to Anthony Ramos. And I'm just like, I can't understand so I've been alive for 33 years, right? This summer is my 33rd summer. And um, 635 has always been a wreck my entire life. And I got to thinking about it. That's a third of a century. Yeah. That's a third of a century that this, this is like the, like the aorta of the suburbs of Dallas. This is how people go places in, in this, in the outer, outer skirts outskirts of dallas not the, even the outskirts just like garland mesquite sunnyvale uh richardson uh plano a bit plano a little less uh like all of those towns you all rely on 635 to get it to get onto the highways that then take you into dallas to work and my entire fucking life it has just always been ripped to shreds it's like, when do we just accept that there will never be enough lanes on the highway and just stop? Like, when does it stop? <laughs> when does it stop? I don't understand the point of, of constantly expanding if it's just never enough. I feel like I feel like construction on 635 is like heroin for the city of Dallas or, or the, <laughs> the, the, the surrounding areas of Dallas or whoever it is. That 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 writes these contracts and makes all this money doing doing this construction because it's just like you're always just chasing that horse. Well, let's open up. Let's 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 because okay. So there's a there's a section in, in uh, of six thirty five where it's nice, right? Obviously, it's in North Dallas where I am right now. Uh, it's a double decker, like four lane each highway with also another another level where there's uh 
uh, an express lane. Hell yeah. <laughs> so you've I've got taken like that express lane. Three. Oh yeah, it's expensive sometimes, but it's fucking worth it. The speed limit is 80 miles an hour and you can just fucking go um, until you can't. <laughs> until it ends until you're until you cross the threshold that is richardson and then everybody just goes fuck you you're not getting anywhere you thought you were gonna you thought this would be the, you thought this would be easy but no it won't be easy i was going to my buddy uh, to my buddy brian's house one night just to you know watch some movies or whatever hang out and i leave my house like at nine o'clock nine o'clock matt standstill traffic parked literally in park in park on 635 at nine o'clock at night just waiting for it to loosen up just waiting for whatever it is because that's the other because the other thing is yes there's construction that causes all this shit but also it's a dangerous highway it's got really bad uh it's got because it's a big loop right so you can't always see very far ahead of you so and people drive like you can be going 85 on uh, it, Whenever you do get the chance to move, people fucking move and you'll be going 85 and people are flying past you on the right. <laughs> oh, my. yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so people, right. So people are slamming into each other and dying or, or like just taking up all five, like all four lanes of traffic. Whenever they do get in wrecks, you always see it. it's always just like a huge wreck. Someone's Christmas is ruined. Someone's football scholarship is going away. You know, you're never going to make it out of the hood because you've had to go 95 miles an hour because you were running 15 minutes late because fucking they won't stop building the road. Did, when did Rome stop building roads? That's what I want to know. I want to know <laughs> when, like, like what, like what, like what is the? Because you can go look at these Roman roads, right? I've walked on one. I walked on a Roman road in England. It was it was fast. It was amazing to see. Eventually, at some point, that road they stopped working on that road, and people still found their way to that point on that road. I found myself <laughs> my way there two thousand fucking years after the point, after the fact. I still found my way into that road. <laughs> 2000 years later. When does it stop? When does it stop? Anyway, don't at me, bro. And uh, to everybody out there listening that doesn't live in the Dallas area, my wife is from the Dallas area and we've been together almost 10 years. And in that 10 years of going to Dallas, she has always at all costs <laughs> tried to avoid 635 as much as she humanly possibly could it's not always possible it's not always possible that's the bitch directions say 635 her Mm -hmm. immediately goes in the shitter so yes matt is accurate as fuck right now (laughs) i'll never forget one time i think it was when you were here and i had just moved back and you but you guys were here for some reason i don't know but i remember um you got stuck in traffic on 635 for like at like an hour or two. And yeah. uh, I think that you, we ended up like missing a connection or something that we were going to meet up and it didn't work out because of that. And um, you were really flustered because you were just, because you had been hearing it the whole time. Like, why did you take 635? Why? Like, <laughs> like, you know, you're getting it from the wife. Like, why did you break? Right. Why? Like I got, it. I, I, and I was not privy to that to all those conversations before 
I was just, I was like, so what happened? Like, what, why were you like, what happened? Like, what, where were you? And you were like, well, I got into 635 and I just kind of innocently went, oh, why'd you take 635? And you like threw your phone across the room. <laughs> you remember this? You were just yes. like, oh, why did I take? Because I told me to. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, sorry. First of all, you're giving, you're going full butters right now, Beery. <laughs> uh, I understand why people are put off by this sort of reaction to an innocent question now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I I don't get it. It's just uh I, I've said my piece. Don't at me, bro. Uh, um I I've had a don't at me, bro, for a long time, but I another person said it better than me. My don't at me, bro, is Austin, Texas. Um yes, yes. here we go. But Tim Dillon, yes. the first 40 <laughs> minutes of his podcast today was the best, most apt and perfect description mm -hmm. of Austin. And he announced that he's leaving. He's moving. He's not staying in Austin. He's been there four months and he fucking hates it. He can't leave. He said it's a it's a cesspool of losers. It's just he said there is no music scene. The music scene is four heroin addicts on the street who sometimes make rhythmic noises. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about a comedy scene in Austin. No, he, he doesn't give a fuck. The first time he went to Creek in the cave, homeless people were throwing glass bottles at them as they walked out. There was a mm -hmm. there was a mass shooting on Sixth Street last night, or not there last was. night, but a few nights ago. Yes, and he goes thirteen wounded, nobody dead. This city can't even do a mass shooting right. Somebody did die because of that, but <laughs> oh, they did. Well, I think yes. this was like he recorded before. this like right in the immediate aftermath before that person died. But yeah. like, yeah, I mean, he. Everybody go to today's Tim Dillon show, uh, the first forty minutes is just the best and most accurate portrayal <laughs> of a city that people in New York mm -hmm. definitely think is like some kind of fucking promised land. Yeah, and well, it's not. Well, I would say that's less true of New York and in incredibly true of L.A. Yes, it's I should say it's specific to certain groups of New Yorkers. Sure. OK, not New, not New York as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would say a lot. Thing, a lot of people in New York see through it. Yes. At least because in my if there's experience. one thing New York loves, it's New York. So. Right. Right. <laughs> even if it's even if it's shitty, New York is always gonna think it's better than whatever city. Yeah. <laughs> than whatever city you're talking about. But yeah. but yes, I love I saw his rant about this on Whitney Cummings show, or I saw yeah. like a clip of it. And he said the yeah, he said everything you're just saying. She goes, So when did you realize that you're not really happy here and he goes uh the moment that i got in a cab and went to my and, and started driving to my new home i realized <laughs> that this is a town of losers these people don't have any direction in their lives the, the the people that have had success don't actually live here they live out in these other secret Na like racist neighborhoods <laughs> that that are True. out of the city and, and not <laughs> like yes yes <laughs> he's like the city itself is 
is just full of heroin addicts and directionless just nobodies <laughs> yeah he called them sloth like people he said he said this city is full of fat bachelorettes and men with itchy trigger fingers <laughs> dude i'm telling you he said it best Bro, everybody check it. out the first 40 minutes of tim Dillon's show um, his rant against Austin, Texas. It's a great place to spend a couple of days and get trashed. But as far as living there, you have to have no goals. <laughs> Shout out to all our listeners in Austin. We love you. Uh, <laughs> no, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't at me, though. Don't at me. <laughs> Y'all know what it is. <laughs> yeah. You stayed for a reason. <laughs> Austin Mays. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love you, Austin. Uh, uh, I love you. I love you, Mays. Um, is that it? Is that all we got? That's it, man. That's good for us. I'm Matt, at MattBeery06 on um, Twitter yeah. and Instagram. At Matt, uh, at Twitterfield on Twitter. At Matters on Instagram. Uh, email us at mattpod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Nobody has done that yet. Uh, I'm still humiliated at 53 followers. I am having a fun time trolling people on the on the uh on the on the official podcast account. So I do get some traction every now and then uh with doing that. Um, but it's a it's also just please, please, please makes us look good if you follow us there. Um, I'm going to be doing ghost tours for the foreseeable future. Obviously things are changing, uh, but for this summer, you got to come out and, uh, nightly spirits, uh, ghost tours. Last week I had a woman that looked exactly like Heather Graham on a tour. Uh, so if that's something you're into, come check it out, baby. All right. You You know, when people are just so attractive, it's like distracting that's what was going on it was just like what what it was just like come on man you just walk around like this <laughs> it's really hard i i had to take all the mirrors out of my house <laughs> <laughs> all right that's y'all. it for me that's it that's all we got love you love you